Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. I often ask myself, what did the apostles who saw the risen Jesus know about Jesus that I don't know? A friend of mine texted me a quote that he read that I thought was really good. It's a quote that says, a Jesuit once said of Dorothy Day that she lived as though the truth were true. That's interesting, right? She lived as though the truth were true. Seems Simplistic and redundant, but it's actually profound, isn't it? That's a big statement when you really think about it. Do I live as though the truth were true? Do you? Do you live as though the truth that you believe is true? Do you live as though it were true? When we read the letters of the apostles and the story of their lives in the New Testament, it's clear that they lived as though the truth that they believed about Jesus were true. They lived as though the truth were true. They lived as though everything they knew about Jesus was true. And we see that especially in these autobiographical reflections of the Apostle Paul that we can read in his letter to the Philippians in the New Testament. These are really amazing little sections of the Bible. They're, they're almost psalmist like David. They're almost like David's psalms where he gets into his own emotions and feelings and longings about Christ. And we get to read them. And we get to read them from somebody we know was the Apostle Paul whose life was significantly changed because he saw the risen Jesus. You can read about that in the book of Acts chapter 9. Over the years when I've reflected on these words that I read in Philippians, something happens in me. Something happens deeper in my heart and my soul with Jesus. I remember literally the first time I reflected on these words in a prayerful kind of way like we're doing in this podcast. The first time I did it was when I was in college. I still remember where I was. I still remember seeing these words and experiencing and embracing these words as my own words, making Paul's words my words, which is what we're doing when we pray through the Psalms and other parts of Scripture. And I want to I want to do that today, but I want to talk about it first. What Paul writes in the book of Philippians, his letter to this church in Philippi, he writes in Philippians 1, 21 through 23, here's what he says. He says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Again, that's one of these statements like, wait a minute, lived as though the truth were true. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Now, I'm going to stop right there because one of the questions that comes to people's mind, we've been talking a lot in this podcast about the bigger story our life is in. We've been talking about resurrection. When Jesus returns, he's going to transform our bodies. Paul says in Philippians 3.20, he's going to transform our bodies to be like his glorious body, his resurrected body. We're going to have a bodily resurrection, just like Jesus's bodily resurrection. Paul will talk about that. But the question is, what between now and then? Between the time we die and the time Christ comes back, what happens to us, 
the real us, our soul, our who we are. And theologians have called this the disembodied or the intermediate state between our body now and our bodily resurrection. Paul will talk about the resurrection, like I said, later. So he's not saying that when he dies, he's resurrected from the dead because he's talking about that later as something that happens when Christ returns. So he's talking about something else. So he says to depart this body is to, quote, be with Christ, which is better by far. I seriously doubt Paul would be referring to some kind of a soul sleep, although he could be, but I don't think he's talking about a soul sleep as better by far than anything in this life. We also have Jesus's words to the thief on the cross and in Luke chapter 23, when the thief says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, when they're dying on the cross, he's acknowledging Jesus to be the Christ, Jesus to be the king. He says, remember me. It's the idea of have mercy on me deliver me, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So he's talking about a future thing when Jesus returns. And it says, Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. No doubt there's a lot of mystery to that statement. I couldn't quite tell you exactly what Jesus is saying and all of what Jesus is saying, but it seems that the idea of Jesus saying the word today is the emphasis. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus could have said, when I come in my kingdom, you will be with me. I'll I'll remember you. But he emphasizes a place called paradise, and the emphasis is on today. Although in the Old Testament, that word paradise is used of the Garden of Eden. It's used of the new creation. I just think it means simply the language for the heavenly presence of God. This paradise is the presence of God. When it was the presence of God on earth in the Garden of Eden, when it's the presence of God on earth in the new creation, or it's the presence of God where Jesus was saying that this thief on the cross would be with him today. Personally, I wouldn't mind soul sleep. You know, this is going to sound like more information than you want, but when I've had procedures done and I've gone to sleep and there's that waking up and it's all over, I missed all the hard part and now I'm waking up and I feel great. Well, you know, sometimes I don't feel great, but I would love to die and the next moment is the resurrection on a resurrected earth. I just don't think that's what the Bible teaches. Whatever this life after death with Christ is, as we await our resurrection, Paul knew enough about it to long for it and to say it was better by far than anything in this life. So I'm just going to leave it in the hands of God. Whatever Paul knew, he was convinced it was better by far to live as Christ, to die as gain. And so I'm going to leave it there for myself. So he says, to live as Christ and to die as gain, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. What did he know about Christ that I don't know? That's living as though the truth were true, and I want to live that way as well. So Paul says in Philippians 3, 7 through 11, he says in verse 7, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Now remember, Christ is not Jesus's last name. Christ is the term that means Messiah, King. He's talking about 
for gaining, knowing King Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain King, that I may gain the Messiah, that I may gain Christ. What did Paul know about Jesus as the Christ? What did Paul know about Jesus as Lord that would make him say something like this? that would cause him to compare everything else in his life of any kind of value and say, you know what, it's trash compared to knowing and having Jesus as my Christ and as my Lord. The surpassing worth of knowing King Jesus, my Lord, of being willing to lose anything and everything so that I would gain Jesus as my King and as my Lord. What did he know about Jesus that would make him say that? What truth about Jesus was he living as if it were true? He continues, he goes on, and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And he goes on, he goes, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, which remember he saw with his own eyes when he encountered the resurrected Jesus. And he goes on, and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So remember the words of Jesus, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. I think that's what Jesus, I think those are the words of Jesus that Paul is thinking about. And they were true of his own life because he's in prison and he's suffering when he's writing this epistle. He goes on, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. See, I think when the Apostle Paul saw the risen, glorified Jesus, it was a game changer for him. He, he, he went all in. He saw what could be his glorious future. And suddenly, the entire story of the Bible began to fall into place. All the Old Testament that he knew, what we call the Old Testament, began to fall into place. And he understood Jesus as the Messiah and all that that meant and all the, all the promises of God in the Old Testament were going to be fulfilled by Messiah Jesus, by Christ Jesus when he returns. And Paul saw the beginning of this new creation with his own eyes. It had already begun in the resurrection of Jesus. And from that point on, he lived as if the truth were true. He was not living to die. He was living for resurrection in Christ, to be found in him, he says, to be in Christ, to be in his righteousness, to be even in his sufferings, if necessary, in this life, all the way to death, if necessary, because he was going to rise from the dead with Jesus. So he said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Regardless of what happens to me in this life, I'm headed for what is better by far. I want to live as though the truth of Jesus were true. And I do. I want to live as though the truth of Jesus were true. Which is why I want to pray these words along with the Apostle Paul so that this truth that he lived by and died by can become my life and my future as well. And I'm going to ask you to join with me to let these words of Paul, just like the Psalms of David, written by the Holy Spirit, begin to sink their roots of truth into our heart and to our soul so that we can live more and more as though the truth were true. 
Let's take a moment and pray these words. Let's join Paul. Let's go back in time 2,000 years and join Paul in his own longings and his prayer and make these our prayer. Make these our longings. Lord Jesus Christ, Lord of heaven and earth, the Messiah, Jesus, my deliverer, my savior. For to me to live is you, to to live is to be with you and to die is gain. I desire to depart and be with you, Lord Jesus, which is better by far, but I also want to live on this earth and accomplish what you have for me to live. I live for you because you are life itself. You are the giver of life. You are the author of life. You are the source of all joy. You are the source of all satisfaction. Paul knew that about you, and I want more and more to know that about you. You are the glorified, risen Jesus, the source of joy, the source of life, the source of living water, the bread of life, the bread from heaven, the good shepherd, and to live is to live with you, and to die is to die with you. I want to live as though that truth were true. Every moment of my life, I want to live as though the truth were true. All the things that I consider to be gain, I want to see and be willing to lose them for the sake of knowing you, for the sake of being in you, that I may know you, the surpassing worth of knowing you, being in relationship with you, living life in conversation with you living life with you as my living water, living life with you as my bread of life, that I may gain Christ and and be found in you. Be found in you, not having a righteousness of my own, but your righteousness is my righteousness. Be found in you, that your perfect relationship with God the Father would be my perfect relationship with God the Father. That God's love for you would be God's love for me that your glory would be my glory, that I would be in your glory and in your righteousness and in your love and in your joy and that you, your resurrection would be my resurrection, that I would attain to the resurrection of the dead, that I would even know now the power of your resurrection, the power of this bigger story, the power of the resurrected Jesus filling my life by your Holy Spirit and that I would walk with you fellowshipping with you, living life with you, conversing with you throughout the day, knowing you, talking with you, because I know that I will attain the resurrection of the dead and you will transform my lowly body to be like your glorious body forever on a resurrected world. And this has already begun by your own resurrection. I want to live as though the truth were true. I want to see my relationships today as though the truth were true. I want to be willing even to suffer, if necessary, to be your disciple as though the truth were true. I want to see all the difficulties and trials in my life as though the truth were true and that you are with me in it and that in some way, participating in your sufferings, being like you in your death is somehow living my life that is attaining to the resurrection from the dead. It's all worth it 
because you are true and you are worth it. The surpassing worth of knowing you and even participating in your sufferings because I will attain to your resurrection from the dead. It's all true. I live as though it's true today. And so I want to be a person of love, a person of sacrifice, a trustworthy person, a person trusting you. I want to turn away from unrighteousness and live for your righteousness, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of trust and faith, because I know my life is part of a bigger story. And I know that anything and everything is could be said as garbage compared to the surpassing worth of you, the surpassing worth of knowing you, the surpassing worth of gaining you as my life. And then when you are my life and the resurrection of life, the resurrection of this world and the resurrection of my body, all of a sudden everything else takes on its new significance because you are the giver of life, the author of life. I want to know you as my Lord the Lord of heaven and earth, as my King, trustworthy and true. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.